This is the Unintimidatable Podcast, a product of Kerygma Ventures and a resource for the Unintimidatable Man. Our hope is to build up and equip the saints as sons of the living God. To do so, we'll mine the depths of spiritual living because, for the believer, all of life is spiritual. Devotional thoughts, current events, interviews, testimonies, subscriber questions, resource reviews, and so much more. And it's all coming at you right now. They try to shut us down, but they can't, though. And you can't touch this fresh paint flow. Don't give them the truth, what they say, though. But we're going to do it anyway, whenever we say go. In speaking of uh, the the life, the, the shared life of Christ that, that we've been given, which is a great way to summarize uh, a lot of what we've been talking about, what you've mentioned with the development of the believer, it starts with the idea of adoption that we have we have been given sonship and we are we are seen and treated as a son in the same way that Jesus himself is, yeah. is the son of God. Um, I I want to move us uh, from a, a particular passage towards just some thoughts around the Christmas season. Uh, and so we're we're approaching the the day every year that we open lots of gifts and do all of that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> There's a lot more to Christmas than that, obviously, and um, for oh, for thousands of years now, uh, this has been a really special time mm-hmm. of year for the church, and many of us celebrate the Advent season, and and so as much as we can, we try to to collectively push our minds towards thinking of things that are eternal and not just the consumeristic nature of Christmas. But I want to read a passage from John earlier. You referenced John 3.16 that so many of us are familiar with, that God so loved the world that he sent his son. In 1 John chapter 4, so in in one of John's letters, he says this. He says, in this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And then there's an encouragement to love one another that um, that follows that. Uh, but to come back to uh, our theme of of adoption, the the nature, the new nature is children of God that we've been given in Christ. None of that is made possible if Jesus does not come. Uh, and mm. and so, you know, it is it's the work of Christ, uh, both in his uh, in his substitutionary and atoning death for our sins, but also in the life that he lived on our behalf, his mm. his perfection. That we have been given, um, that that makes these feelings uh, uh, and the the reality of adoption possible, whereby the Spirit can say to our, can say in us and through us, Abba, Father. Yeah. And so, um, Brother Dudley, can you talk to us some about just the nature of the Christmas? Not season, but the Christmas event, the first Christmas, mm. and um, and maybe encourage us in some ways to think about that that event this holiday season. 
Yeah, we often think of the the whole event of Jesus being here, and we think of the resurrection as being the most miraculous. And, and in a way, it is because it's, I mean, <laughs> it, it never happened before. It's uh, it is, but the, but the resurrection means nothing unless there's the incarnation. And the incarnation that God became a man. We say it so easily and so glibly sometimes. Oh yeah, God became a man. That's a big deal. <laughs> that that the God of this universe would say, I, "I'll become one of you." And it, it 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 shows how much God loves the world He created. It's like, you know, if we'd have been God and I. I did all this stuff and made this beautiful, absolutely fabulous world down here. And I, I created these creatures and gave them access to everything. There's fruit on every tree, and they get to walk and talk with me in the garden. They got everything. And they mess up like they messed up. I would have just said, to hell with you. Yeah. I'll start over. And God said, I love, I love that world. And and in the garden, he, 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 he told what he's going to do. He said... To Satan, to the serpent, and to the woman. To the to the serpent, you know, you're you're going to bruise this, the heel of her seed. But he's going to crush your head. So what God was saying was, I'm committed to this earth, mm-hmm. and I'm going to win all my battles on this earth, and I'm committed to humanity, and I'm going to win my battles through humanity. Because that's what He started to do, and that's what He's going to do. So. So it, it's God is God is into doing the the unexpected and the the radical and the and and the some people would say the weird and if you're locked into trying to to just be sentimental about it and and make it fit in all the other religions of the world you're going to miss this whole thing because for God to become a man was to fulfill everything that he had ever promised that he promised Adam and Eve in the garden that he promised Abraham like when God said through a seed through your through a, a family member of yours through your progeny I'm going to reverse the curse I'm going to fix it all I'm going to bring it back to reconciliation restoration that's a big deal the whole biblical story is based on that promise. If God is not faithful to that promise, we can't trust him for anything else. Mm-hmm. So is God through humanity going to save humanity? Yes. Okay, is God through Abraham's seed going to do it? Why did Jesus have to be have to come and to be not only a man but a Jew? Because God promised Abraham, it'll be through one of your seed. Yeah. And so Jesus came and was born into a Jewish family. He was not a cosmic Christ that just can be any, anywhere. No. He had to fulfill the promise of God to Abraham. And so none of the, none of the other seeds, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, they're all great guys, but none of them could fulfill the promise. Until one day, a Jew was born of a virgin Mary. And it was God's fulfillment to Abraham 
and to Adam. I'm going to use a human. He's going to be a Jewish human. And when I do, I'll reverse the curse and I'm going to make them all one. After his coming, there will be no distinction between Jew and Gentile. Everybody will come to Christ. Everybody will come to God on one basis alone. The work, the death, the resurrection, and the exaltation of that one person, that one seed. And so today the church is still split about, okay, who are the chosen people of God? Mm-hmm. You know, I saw a thing the other day. It said 51% of evangelicals still believe that, that the Jews, the ethnic Jews, are the people of God. That's not true. Because Jesus is the ultimate Jew that fulfilled the promise. Yeah. So God hadn't broken his promise to the to Abraham or to the to the Jews. Jesus did it. Right. And so if, if you want to know God, you know God through Christ Jesus. That's it. Well, that's a big deal. And, and so the, the Christmas season is, is a radical season. It's a, it's a season when, when all of creation looked forward to that day when the seed that was the fulfillment of the promise of Abraham, the seed would come. And he came and he, he lived up to all the covenant stipulations. He paid the penalty. He defeated death. He exalted the right hand of the Father, and he rules now through his people, and that's the, that's the people of Christ. So Christmas is the beginning of the day of the Lord in the sense that the seed has come. So that's a big deal. So with, with all the promises that led up to the, the coming of the Christ, Jesus, the Genesis three promise that you referenced, yeah, the the seed and the serpent's head being crushed and and his heel being bruised and all those things, uh, the the promise of Abraham's seed, and then even like the prophecies in Isaiah that would speak of the one that was coming, with all the things that were pointing towards this event. What was so surprising about Jesus that caused so many people to, to miss him, to, to not see him and, and know who he was? I mean, I, I think that's one of the, the things that we can't miss about the, the Christmas season. Is I, I think on this side of the cross and with so many years of church history now, uh, since the time of Jesus, I think all of us assume that we would have known exactly who he was the, in the moment that he was born. But that wasn't the case. The incarnation was a surprise. Yeah. Uh, so what, I mean, what is it about the nature of that event that was so surprising or so different than what was expected? What do you think? Oh, I, I mean, I think it certainly is in the humility of the person of Jesus uh, I think there was the expectation of some kind of Davidic presence and king, the the warrior, savior. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's not that Jesus isn't those things, but but the humility in which his his uh, the humility in which the manifestation of God's love for His people began in the manger. Yeah. It's just well, it's just really human and real. And yeah. Yeah, it, it, 
God's funny, isn't he? I mean, he's got his sense of humor. It's like, he's serious and he's funny, but like, he, he just did it in a way. He just did it in a way that makes you laugh. It's like, okay, so you're going to save the world, so you're going to be born in a manger. Mm-hmm. And you're going, to be the, you're going to be the son of a, a little teenage girl who has, has no leverage, no, no standing, and uh, a carpenter. So was it Augustine that talked about the left hand of power and the right hand of power? I can't, I can't remember. But the world always looks to power as a right-handed power, uh, the ability to oppress, the ability to suppress, the ability to eliminate, the ability to rule over to you know the right hand of power. So you know all the prophecies when it talks about he's going to come in power, so it'll be right-handed power. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some king, some military thing, some economic deal, and, and God comes with the left-handed power, comes in the back door, and he comes to show that. That love is the most powerful force on the face of the earth, and that, that was the only way you could do it—to to show that it, it'll be love that does it. And if if you get a hold of love, you just got into the greatest dynamo that ever was, because it can change. Love love never fails, and uh, it changes hearts. And changed hearts is what will will be what changes cultures and. So God chose it to do the slow, sure way. So, uh, yeah, n- nobody expected it. You know, they, look who he revealed himself to, Joseph and Mary and some some shepherds, some day workers, some, yeah. some young guys out in the field. Uh, that wasn't the highest-ranking job in, in the country, being a shepherd. And... You know, yeah, finally kings did come, but uh, that wasn't that wasn't what was going on there for a long time. And then, of course, he grew up in Nazareth, which was a little hick town up, up, up there north of Galilee. And so, uh, God is always into showing the glory the glory of His grace, the majesty of His glorious grace. Paul says in Ephesians one. That's what he's always about. If, you, if people say, what's God doing? He is setting the stage for, or he is already expressing the glory of his, uh, the majesty of his glorious grace, which he's going to show you that he is going to do for you what you can never do for yourself, and he is going to grant you that which will blow your mind. Yeah, That's all, always what he's doing. And so how does God set the stage for his glorious grace? He lets you make a mess, because grace shines best in a mess. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's always doing. So as we live in this Christmas season, with all the stuff that's going on with a pandemic and the questions and the fears and the anxieties and all of that, I just see God creating a mess. See, God didn't create it. Eh, he's letting us create it. Why? So he can show the majesty of his glorious grace. Yeah, that's good. And however he chooses to do that, it probably won't be the way that we would do it. Yeah. If, if we were him, right? Which it, I think that's part of the miss of of the first Christmas, why, uh, why it was so easy for the Jews to miss who the Messiah actually was. I think it's why so many of us 
struggle with uh, with our perceptions of God in our own lives. It's it's that uh, we assume that God will act in a way that's consistent with how we would act, yeah. <laughs> and when He doesn't, then uh, then we we just choose in those moments to not trust Him or to assume that yeah. that that's not God at all or or uh, I you know we're just we're so quick to judge who God is and what He has done and what he is doing uh, through through the lens of our own judgment oh, yeah. of what's good and what's right. And yeah, what's so good. you mentioned the Jews. So the Jews were expecting uh, the land back, which was the land of uh, Canaan, the promised land, as they said. Expecting the land back, they were expecting a temple back. They were expecting... Uh, uh, to be vindicated as an ethnicity, uh, they were expecting that that inheritance. So, so he comes and he goes. Okay, instead of giving you that land between the sea and the river, I'm going to give you the whole creation. I'm going to let you sit with me on the throne, and we'll rule over it all. Uh, instead of uh, giving you an ethnic identity, I'm going to give you a heavenly identity. You're a son of God. Instead of giving you a temple that you got to go to, I'm going to make you a temple. I'm going to mm-hmm. put myself inside of you. And so we always are willing to take less, you know. Yeah, it's I, like oh, I'd rather just have a temple. <laughs> That's right. Or, it's like God, you know, I need some money. Uh, I need ten dollars, and God said, "How about a million? <laughs> no, I want my ten. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that's that's the whole deal, and that's what's happening at Christmas. Is God is giving the gift? He's fulfilling, he's fulfilling his own faithfulness, and uh, and they missed it then, and we keep missing it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. God is inaugurating the time in history when he would make a way to give us all of himself. Yeah. Which he's still doing. Right. So in, in us receiving adoption as sons and receiving the spirit who's residing in us, we, we have the opportunity to just have and experience all of God. Yeah. And we tend to settle with, with offerings of like, no, I'd rather just give you my efforts in these areas or, yeah. Receive you in these particular ways, but, um, but but maybe that's it. Uh, just a, a good way to close down this fall season of the podcast is to just remind ourselves and also the listeners that the the greatest good of the gospel is not justification or our sanctification or any of those things that we really like to hang the hat of the gospel mm-hmm. on. But the greatest good of the gospel is that we get all of God himself. Yeah. And we get to experience the fullness of God as his children. Yeah. That's good. Well said. That, that's true. Uh, you know, uh, don't, don't, don't settle for the paper on the, on the package. Open the package. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Well, Brother Dudley, I really appreciate you spending some time with me today and hanging out with our listeners and...
I, I know I speak for a lot of folks who do regularly listen to this podcast and saying that we're just always encouraged by everything that the Lord's saying to you and through you. Thank you, Chris. It's an honor to be with you, and I, I really do appreciate you doing the podcast. Appreciate people listening, and uh, if you got questions, uh, send them in, and Chris will answer them. <laughs> I can definitely bring someone on to the podcast who can answer them for sure. Well, Brother Dudley, would you pray for us as we yeah. close out our time? Our Father, we love you, and we thank you for the privilege of calling you Father, and that you have, we do that because you've made us your sons. I thank you that we can talk about these things with uh, confidence that you will guide our thoughts and our words, that our conclusions will will finally line up with you, and that when we do that, we find another level of freedom. I thank you for these people who've, who've taken the time to listen. I pray that you would grant to them their heart's desire, that they, the, whatever motiva- motivated them to listen, that they will find that in uh in abundant supply, and that you would give them more than they asked for, more than their hearts desired. And I pray that during this time in Christmas that you would you would not only just let us be conscious of not commercializing too much, but that you would keep us conscious of the radical nature of what you've done and let us really keep on opening the gift. Uh, we, we, we want to see you as the gift, and we want to open open that. We want to know you. So I ask you, I ask you to, to open the gift for us by opening our eyes. In Jesus' name, yeah. amen. Amen. Do it, do it, do it anyway. Now they try to shut us down, but they can't go. Can't touch this fresh paint flow. Don't give them the truth, that's what they say though. We gon' do it anyway, whenever we say go. Do it anyway, I'ma do it anyway. Do it anyway, I'ma do it anyway. Oh.